Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Well, only one person on the Snow the Goalie team picked the Sabres to win tonight. It was not me. It was not Anthony Sanfilippo, who, along with intern Andrew, is now in the bowels of the Wells Fargo Center waiting for access to the locker room, access to the Torts Presser, which we will be carrying very, very much live here on the Press Row Show. The man who got the prediction right tonight, missed it by one goal, could have taken the lead in our unofficial Snow the Goalie predictions uh, standings. <laughs> Chris Terrian, Bundy. Burned by the one empty netter, eh, Russ? The empty empty netter had to cost you. It's a shame. Um, We, of course, in the postgame, we like to go to the people. We like to go to your thoughts out there. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, we can pull your comments up on the screen. If you're on Twitter, we love and appreciate you, but we can't pull your tweets up. So head over to YouTube.com slash at SnowTheGoalie. (coughs) Somebody's just vaping up here. You smell that? I don't know. Security's going to find that guy. Yeah, well, they're going to kick him out, and it's so, a good time to do it. <laughs> it sure is. Some could argue it would have been good if we had uh, kicked out a few of the guys on the ice today. All right. We want to know from the people out there if you consider, oh, that's dirty. Although I kind of like the old jersey. I kind of like it. So the the question. How many Stanley Cups do Buffalo have? <laughs> let's not even <laughs> you wanna get into that. I don't. But, See you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. The question out there. I don't want to get <laughs> How many Super Bowls do they have? Who? Buffalo. I don't <laughs> The way that they talk about Josh Allen and those bills, you'd think they have three. This will be a good chance for him, I guess. So we want to know from the people out there tonight, do you consider tonight to be a disappointment? I think when you lose a game like they lost against Carolina, you say, hey, that's a better team. That's a more skilled team. That's a better team top to bottom. This Buffalo team, I know that their record wasn't great, but there were a lot of people, and you know, you kind of mentioned before, they have the ability to put the puck in the net. Um, I view tonight as a disappointment. I think it's a disappointment across the board. I, I don't think that the effort was there uh, in the way that it needs to be. The urgency certainly was not there. Uh, how much it, of that do you do you put on losing Carter Hart after the first period? I mean, is, could it really have been that, that that thwarted any efforts of actually putting something together, or do you think it's more than that? I, I thought the, the game today, Russ, had too many ups and downs. Again, there was no level of consistency like in terms of the way the game played. It was played by either side. I mean, we, as Anthony said in the second, it was kind of sloppy a little bit at times. Teams were clammed up in the neutral zone, and that's not really, like, an exciting thing. You want to have puck possession in the offensive zone for either team. But this is, again, where the Flyers, to me, and I said this last week, we talked about it, They ha- it's for them to win, it can't be easy. It'll never be easy. They don't have yep. finishers, yep. Uh, repeated finishers. I saw some guy talking uh, before about the um, uh, they need <laughs> they needed uh, Goche and uh, there you go again, but that's great. They're not here, yeah. So you have to deal with what you have, and that's the bottom line. Yeah, Goche and Mishkop, they they'll be here, yep. but they won't he- be here this year. Yeah. Um, out hit. Here you go, Bob Wright. Out hit. Out shot. Less giveaways. More takeaways. One more faceoffs, and lost. Yeah. So, it, it is interesting when, when um, let me see, I, the stats are now off 
because they're they're on the intern Andrew computer. I, it, it's not even in the the right place to do the uh, the stat cast. But you look at this team tonight, and and there were points where you say, man, the inability to finish at the net. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna say that the Flyers could have you know gone to OT five five, but I mean there were chances there for this to be a five three five four game at at the very least. They had a. I thought the Flyers played a very a decent third period. Yeah. They really pushed, but the problem is is that they got a guy caught up ice. Buffalo came back down on a three on full ice three on two with a def, with a forward back in the form of Cam Atkinson. Yeah. That's where guys will lick their chops when they see a forward back there. It doesn't matter who they are because they're not used to playing a rush, yeah. they're having a rush come at them. So, you know, again, it started with Carter Hart, uh it was one of those kind of weird games. The goalie gets hurt. Clearly, they said mid-area. mid, mid area. We'll go with that. Um, and then Ursun came in. I mean, he wasn't bad, but you got to have one of those stops late. Like, you just yeah. got to find a way to find, to get the stop. And um, and I thought, like, the last – this is the one you just, you're going to pull up. But they were talking about the, the lack of um, the lack of playmakers. Yeah. Uh, there was chances to score tonight. They did in the third by guys that were goal scorers. Yep. Atkinson had a couple. Uh, TK had one. The guys that didn't finish tonight were the Noah Cates, Tyson Forsters, right? And they're the guys everybody's kind of hoping for or waiting on them, um, but they've yet to really produce. Same with um, uh, Bobby Brink again tonight. Uh, Farabee got one. It was just it was not a good goal, uh, but still he ended up getting uh, you know got the, the result. Yeah, yeah, got the result you yep. want. No one's gonna. They don't ask how. Yep. They ask how many. And uh, there's our Buffalo fan again. I don't what? know what he's celebrating. He's really okay. celebrating this win tonight. He's, he was really excited. About I mean, where do you look back? And I'm not going there. I love Buffalo people. They are great, but I do. They are a ragged on town for their sports. And not that not guy, a great, not a great town, huh? Yeah. Like there's no no pro athlete that I can ever remember said, "Boy, I'll tell you what." No, there is. That's the we, scary thing. The guys we that, love Buffalo. I used me and Keith Primo used to joke about because I go into Buffalo and I'd be like, "Oh my God, like this is in hell," but you can see it from here. <laughs> <laughs> So then we go in and Primo goes, you know what's funny? Like his brother played there and he goes, he loved it. Yeah. Like the outskirts of Buffalo, I guess, yeah. are beautiful and they have the falls and all that. But yeah. Anyway, where were we? We uh I, I will tell people that uh intern Andrew is already set up at the Torts presser. He okay. is he is ready to go down there. Uh Torts is not out yet. They're gonna go to the players in the locker room first. But intern Andrew, man, he's down there with the tripod that yeah. I brought down. He is. He's good to go. He's solid, that dude. Antony, just wait for Antony to start asking his questions. You know, he's. Antony. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been down there when he does the question thing, but he like he puts one hand on the thigh, and then he he kind of like does this thing where he like reaches with the phone, and sometimes he kind of like leans. The reason that he doesn't like to sit in the front row is because he likes to lean over that front row right. on the back of the chair, kind of like you know get look into the look into the eyes of Torts and ask him a question. You know, real hard hitting stuff. Here's Hashtag one that journalism just jumps right out at you, right? The one yeah. four and one, good start. Effort and you know what we said there's there's a there's a formula that the way this team has to play yep and it is so hard to play like that every single night problem is now though is that that this is the area and this is a time of year where we've seen skids before yep. I don't believe they have that team yep. here like that was in the past I think they're far better than that but again this is a time where you can really slip in the standings yep and if they people really do use the American Thanksgiving as a marking point of where you are. Um, then they need to get going again. Yep. And they have a very, very difficult schedule coming towards them. they got to go back to play these guys on Friday, Buffalo, come back, play the L.A. Kings on Saturday night, 
and then away they go out to the West Coast again. Which is, which is going to be brutal. It's brutal, yeah. I, just I a couple see, weeks removed there, from the there, Vegas and Dallas. There are a few people who brought up a very real concern. I mean, this, this team, many years, I mean, was it three in a row? Has gone on at least one 10-game losing streak. I know at least two. I mean, death yep. taxes and a 10-game losing streak, right? Yep. And, you know, you could, you could say new era of orange all you want. You can, you can talk about the rebuild. You can, uh, but the fact remains, you can't go on those extended losing streaks. I don't care if you're trying to rebuild or not. You have to be able to figure out a way to stop the bleeding. And if, and if you don't do that, there are questions that are going to have to be asked. Now, we're not trying to raise the alarms here. We're not trying to, like, you know, tell everybody that the sky is falling because that's not what ha- what's happening right now. Well, what you're seeing is, in a lot of ways, a lot of youth, a lot of inexperience. And, and quite frankly, you had a goalie in there tonight who did not expect to be in that game. Um, not trying to make excuses, but uh, there were a few things at play here. You certainly need to play better on the road in Buffalo. You can go back. You can get this one back. But boy, oh boy, if you don't and you have that West Coast swing coming up, things could get ugly very quickly here. And don't forget, we'll be here to cover it all on the Press Row Show. We'll also be... When they go out on the road, which they will uh, soon, we'll be doing the morning after show where we do a recap of the previous night's game. We do that nice and bright and early in the mongrel hours, as Bundy calls it, over on the YouTube channel, YouTube.com. Mongrel hours are like, you guys were doing shows at 6 a.m. It's like, when no. did we do a yeah, show you at did, 6 a.m.? in the summer. I'm like, what are you guys doing? At 6 a.m.? It was like 6.30. Oh, we have sure? to, yeah, I'm like, there's no way I'm doing it at 6.30 in the morning, right, except maybe getting up and going to the bathroom. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get up. You get a little bit older, you got to yeah, yeah, you get a little morning tinkle. 30 is fine, Russ. Those okay. are not mongrel hours. I'm up and about by then, and, right. and we're not going to do the 6.30 with you and Anthony. So right. you're getting up with all everybody. I want to get to this, though. The power play has been a concern. It's been a concern yeah. this whole season, and it, it ain't getting better. There, there right now, I don't think, are any signs of things getting better on the power play. They are still continuously, consistently – Passing, looking for the perfect shot. They are just unwilling or unable to put the puck on net and try to force a dirty goal. They well, just aren't doing it. And they got guys that aren't power play quarterbacks playing in power play quarterback type of minutes. So, And, yeah. and that's not their fault. Yep. I mean, that's not Travis Sanheim's fault. Uh, the guy that, that I'd like to see, like, I mean, and I got a question here. Uh, Francis uh, is uh, just looking at the quote here. He's talking about uh, uh, thoughts on Cam York. I like uh, the emojis in there too. Yeah, what is that? That's Anyways, a little thought bubble. A little thought bubble. Oh, okay. I like that. Um, well done, Francis. Well done. So this he's a kid with talent. He can skate. He's got good puck skills. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna that's gonna be good for a while. Yeah. That's not gonna carry a year after year into the league. So I think with one thing with him is gotta find a groove. I always tell young like defensemen like that, and, and it was a totally different body frame than mine. Go watch Duncan Keith, how he competed defensively over the years. He's a, yeah. He was a smaller stature defenseman, um, but he as, as good as he was offensively um, on the power play, he didn't give much away in the D zone. Uh, he was, wasn't a big guy. It was a lot harder for him. It was more difficult to play those bigger type minutes, but he did it. So I always say, like, if you're, you know, he's a fir- he was a first-round pick, York. Um, that doesn't mean anything, you know, in terms of coming out because Duncan Keith was a second-round pick, and he ended yeah. up being the top 100 players of all time. Yep. Whether or not, I mean, people, some people argued that I didn't. I thought he was a really great player and a, and a key cog to Chicago's success. But that's the guy to look at. I'm York. I, 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 he doesn't know who he is no. at all right now. He doesn't, he's, he's going into plays in the D zone where there's no coverage available. Um, he's, he, um, he gets beat a little bit on the wall. 
and you can't get beat a little bit. You have to be there all the time. If you're going to go in a 50-50 battle with a guy, you have to be to know that that guy is also going to be trying to win the puck battle in the corner. Um, offensively, he got caught up the ice today. Yeah. He got caught up on the most important play of the game, and it was 2-2, and they made it 3-2. Yep. You don't – there's just not enough rope for a guy like that as a young player. And, he, and listen, and, and kudos in fairness to him too, Russ. I mean, the guy's playing minutes. He's, uh, he's playing in minutes that he shouldn't be playing. Yeah for that age yep. and for his development. Now, will it help down the road? It might. Can also, there's been many guys over the years, defensemen, where it soured them. Yeah. And it took them right out. There's lots of first-round defensemen that weren't big-size stature guys that just couldn't find their groove because they probably were playing too much early in their career against teams that they shouldn't have been playing against top lines. Yeah, I mean, if we're being honest here, you go back to the opening night lineup or what was projected to be the opening night lineup. It had Rasmus Ristolainen in, playing top pair. It had Mark Stahl playing third pair. And when you look at what Cam York probably needs, it's, I would argue now, he needs a veteran player next to him that's not a veteran trying to have a bounce-back season, which is what he's getting with Travis Sanheim. I don't think that at this point it's advantageous for those two to continue to play together because I think they're, it's not that they're making each other worse. I just don't think that they're elevating each other the way that you would especially need a Sanheim to elevate a York. I do wonder if at some point we're either going to see them jostle up those defensive pairings or is this a situation, and, and it, it probably is a fair question to ask, could we be looking at a situation where you maybe have Cam York up here for a game, watch, watch from up here, and you put in a, you know, insert name of prospect here on one of those rotating guys that they're just going to keep as, fun, as, shuttling back and forth. As long as it's done productively. There's no points. I mean, you could sit a guy out one game because you're ticked off at the way he's played or he's been non-competitive. I always say with a guy like that, just make sure, you know, in terms of it. Now, is the easy thing? I'm looking at CMZ here. You know, in terms of York needs to sit in the box for a few. Okay. What is, what's that going to do? It's going to say it's going to maybe confuse him more. Yeah. It's going to go up and watch the game. The coaches are going to say, you go up there and watch the game. And that's what they do. They always tell you go to the press box, watch the game, try to pick something out of the game that maybe could help you. As long as it's done with a reason and a point to it rather than just sitting in the because he hasn't played well, I would personally do a lot more work with him in the terms of video. Sure, there's a lot of video stuff to show a guy like that. Like, I could pull 15 clips out of this game tonight and sit him down tomorrow and go, what were you thinking? And here's maybe what it would look like yeah. if you're trying to do it right. Now, we have the advantage of watching hockey from the balcony. Yeah. And I always said that's Mario Lemieux had balcony eyes. Mm -hmm. He played the game like he was on the balcony, and that's why you know he was one of the two, three greatest players that ever played the game. Speaking of uh, watching the game at the balcony, we had a bunch of people come up here during the game today. Yep, shake hands. You know, it was great. The snow, the goalie listeners. Uh, I continue to be impressed with the fact that there are so many people who come out to a game and take the time to come up here, shake hands, watch the game with us for a bit. Um, I know that you had a story that you wanted to get to, <laughs> and I think that now now's a really good time for it um, before we get down to the, the right. torts presser, um, and we'll get back to the hockey talk. So by all means, keep dropping your questions, comments, and concerns. I'll make it quick on uh, on YouTube. In case but, we get torts coming up, but yeah. my daughter uh, Isabel, my oldest daughter, lives in Indianapolis. Uh, for three years, she's uh, dated and lived with uh, an offensive lineman for the Colts, Will mm -hmm. Fries, Penn yep. State kid, Jersey kid, great guy. They've been together. And she has started her own home remodeling and refurbishing bathrooms and stuff and, and all that kind of good stuff. But they were doing a little article on Will, and Will said, yeah, my girlfriend's really done this too, started her own company here. And anyway, he got her name, and she wrote, they wrote an article, and he says, you know, there's a guy that played in Philadelphia. Uh, he has the same last name as you. 
And she's like, oh, really? <laughs> she's going to be 25 in three weeks, right? So really? He says, yeah, you know, he's a player, but man, you should see this podcast, Snow the Goalie. <laughs> so he went in and she just was playing along with him. And I guess she, she called me today. She goes, Dad, you guys are more popular for your podcast than you were as a player. Finally, he told the guy, she goes, yes, he's my dad. And the guy just couldn't believe it. Like, and it wasn't for the former player. It was because of Snow the goalie. So that's pretty cool. That's insane. Uh, yeah, great kid. And I, and I, and I love that. that was, it was a pretty fun story. So uh, we do have a listener in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Hopefully more. Yeah. And uh, I, I will get the gentleman's name. We'll share it next time. But that, that was pretty cool. I think a big reason that we're seeing that kind of growth, by the way, is because people are starting to find this show. They're starting to get into the, the flow of things, pregame, intermissions, postgame. And, of course, like we mentioned before, we're, we went from saying, hey, we're going to do a show once a week remotely to partnering uh, with the Flyers and saying, hey, like we need better equipment. Let's do this thing the right way from press row, from up here for home games. And then we just kind of willy-nilly decided, all right, we're also going to do a post-game the morning after show where we, from the comfort of our homes, thankfully at those hours, we break down the game. As we know, the Bundy Bomb has become very popular, merchandise coming soon to the Snow the Goalie store. Um, we can't Bundy Bomb here on this we show. We cannot on, the, on anything in the building. But correct. the morning show, the morning after show, I where won't we do the let road you games, down. He won't let you down. <laughs> Snow the Goalie's on Flyers podcast. He won't let you down. Here, Nobody bombs if, tonight. If I could, there'd be a couple tonight. Oh man, I've caught my, I've yeah. caught my, I've caught myself with, with the words just, ready to just spitting out, and just ready didn't... to flow. I feel like my old teacher days of like you can't tell somebody what you really think of that question that has been answered ten times. We'll say this though, yeah. we'd like you know, before anything comes up, we'd like to thank the Flyers. They've done a great job providing us with intern, the camera, and everything, and giving oh, it's us our this intern. Great... That's our intern. Oh, it's an, our intern. Yeah, okay. Anthony found him. Oh, did he? Yeah, found him. How about that? He did. Intern but Andrew is an is an Anthony find. We we love it. We love having fan interaction. We yep. certainly love the uh, the questions. It's just the best because we want this to be a show for you, and we'll try to honestly answer the best we can. Whether you like the answer, I can't do anything about that. We can only give you one. That's love exactly the Ottawa right. stuff earlier too. That was like, and that's the other thing that we want to tell people. We'd like to start going around the league a little bit more. I know we're a, yeah. a designated flyer podcast, but we do want to talk about league stuff, other teams. Incidents, yep. uh, mess ups like that thing in Ottawa today. Um, that's a that's an incredible incredible story. I will tell people that we are working on a few other things that we want to kind of roll out as part of a bigger <laughs> thing. And so when that day comes, because it's gonna it's gonna require a lot more time on our end. But we have we have more that we want to do. We've enjoyed kind of stepping <laughs> this thing up. Jesus, James. I like laughing too. Like I do. I enjoy a good show where the fans make me actually. Can you read that one for the people who go back and listen to the Fly- podcast? Flyers should trade for Kevin Hayes. <laughs> Says Jay Money. Let me get it off. All right. It's like saying a prayer over here. <laughs> uh, tor- torts is taking a little bit longer today with getting to that presser. It it certainly seems like it. Although uh, now I'm I'm seeing the media funneling in there. Um, boy, oh boy. Yeah, this is now the part like where you we're we're gonna find out like really quickly what um um what where they're at, right? Because there's always different buttons coaches want to push, and we've seen multiple buttons pushed by Torts. Well, you a little less for us, but me for twenty some years, I've seen you know many, many teams and the way he's tried to get them going. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what how he handles this. They're one. Someone said one four and one in their last six. They're trending downwards. They got to go play these guys in their building. I always said it was a good. It's a good thing. Um, 
to win the first game in a home and home, especially when you got the advantage of being home because then yeah. it's house money on the road. But yeah. the Flyers are going to have to dig in here on Friday night because it doesn't get any easier. And as I said, the schedule's not going to favor them. Somebody said San Jose's licking their chops like for a team coming. San Jose's the worst team. I I I, I watch them. I actually watched some of them the other night. They're maybe the worst team I've seen in hockey. Yeah, in like we, a long, long almost time. got a money bomb. Um, yeah, no, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, Jay Money, by the way, also checked in and said, how about Tony D'Angelo? Boy, this team needs help on the blue line. It would be nice to have a good uh, puck, uh, puck-moving puck defenseman who can also quarterback a power play unit, huh? Well, Tony, hit it now. Jay, uh, apparently, Jay Money's a good follow on Twitter. I love that. Always looking for a good laugh. I, I love that. I'm also giving uh, intern Andrew a little bit of a hard time because for some reason he decided to set up in the back, and I mean the back, of uh, the press room. He's going to have to fix that one. Um, all right. Let's get to one of the guys that I think we've been looking for more from, and unfortunately for the Flyers, like hasn't provided it. Uh, we talked about Cam York, but the guy that he's paired with, Travis Sanheim, um, two assists tonight, tonight, up and down. Yeah, that's see, that's the pr- the the problem is he's played. He's a he's a skilled guy. Like he can skate, he can make plays. Um. It's just a matter of like where where his head is some nights, you know. And again, that there's, a, there's it's so hard to play those type of minutes against other teams' top lines. And there's been four home, a four game homestand, right? So yeah. what happens is with a homestand is that you can't get away from it. You're yeah. on you're going out against the top lines because you got the last change. So from that standpoint, it becomes harder and harder. He just needs to find, and I think he can that just that level of consistency. Points shouldn't matter to him. Like I'm saying, don't even think about points. If they come, great. He's in more opportunities than most other guys that play. Um, there's a lot of guys that play top minutes that are not power play defensemen. Focus on what you're really good at. But I think for for the most part, it's hard. It's been hard for him also playing with York. Want to blame it one way or another? It's tough when you play a young guy with a guy who's not really seasoned in that spot anyway. Yep. So that's what they're dealing with, and they're trying to patchwork their way through it right now. Which you can't do. I mean, I, they're it's what they're, they have. Hand, hand, yeah, their hand is kind of forced. I do wonder who who's Risto going to be paired with when he comes back. I mean, we presume he will be back. We have not received any kind of an probably Sanheim. Yeah, which then moves York to where he should be on a second pair with. Let's see who. If you put yeah, they'll put those two guys together as a top pair. I would think. Yeah, and then. It's not maybe great. maybe it's Walker. I don't I don't know. I mean again, it's well, just you know okay. So so Walker maybe makes sense, right? Because Walker has been a very steady presence, and like maybe that could be good for York's Walker, development. Walker, yeah. Newbie eighty two is thinking like that. I I just you know if you ask me who the been most solid defenseman been all year, it's been Walker. Yeah. Just from a consistency standpoint, yep. we never talk about him. And when he, you don't talk about a D man, that's good. The peaks and valleys. Yeah, like it it's weird because like with with Sanheim, it's erratic. I mean, like you it know, can you, be. It, there's nights he's brilliant. Yes, but then there's nights like the two games before tonight where I was like, I don't even know what he was doing. But then there are nights where he legitimately is both. Yes, like, like and tonight period, was period that to, night. Period to period, where you're just like, I don't know what we're getting tonight. Tonight and, was that night, yeah. and that and that again is like one of those things that frustrates you because because of injury, he's being forced into that number one defenseman role, and like that's not what he needs to be right now. Like that in in even in a rebuild, that's not what he should be doing. But it's the role that he's kind of been forced into. You have to hope that things are going to kind of level off. If you can get to a point where, to your point, he's not producing points, but he's just at least a steady defenseman. 
you take that. But I, he'll get he, what I'm saying is Russ, he'll get points. Yeah. He doesn't need to force it. Like he's not going to get 60 points. But if he plays good D, stays focused on just making a good outlet pass in his own, battling his rear end off in the corners, and getting the puck out, following up with good legs, keeping pucks in when you have to, and then make and then you know what? Rinse, wash, repeat. Yeah. When the penalty kill comes, go out, get your rear end in gear and kill the penalty. If you get power play time, keep it simple. Don't try to do too much. I actually thought he kept it simple tonight on the power play. But that's it. Just it's it, when you get good at this game and when you become content in the league, nobody talks to you. It's like going to work every day. You go out, play the game, get up in the morning, go to the rink, practice, go out, go back and do the job, and the coach never talks to you. I had about five years of that. It's the best feeling. Um, that's I believe he can do that. I really do. You've played with you've played four coaches like Torts in the past. If you're a young guy and you're struggling, do you have a, a, like a, a built-in fear of going into work every day because you're worried about being targeted by the coach that you're not not like a disciplinary targeting, but that you almost feel embarrassed that things aren't going well and, and you don't want to be a focus of a film session, you don't want to be a focus of the coach in practice. Like, is there anything to that as a younger guy? Well, I remember Ken Hitchcock when he was here. Uh, half the team would park their cars on the other side of the building and come in the phantom side so they wouldn't have to deal with him. That's a that's a true story. He's going to the Hall of Fame next month. Wonderful human being. Um, yeah, that's that's what guys did. Uh, yeah, yeah, he he was wonderful. Um, but yeah, he um, he's a guy that um, yeah, half the team would park on the far side so they would avoid him. And uh, he was here forever. Again, a lovely human being. <laughs> oh, Hitchy. Oh, he got Ishy. Eshy had a good game out there for us tonight, you know. I just remember, I, I loved how he said Eshy. I thought it was kind of funny because he was a jolly, you know, kind of. He's jolly. Jolly right. looking, looking fella. Like a jolly guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to uh, some <laughs> questions, comments, and concerns. Um. FedEx Pope 223. Torts tipped off the press to look out for Walker prior to the season. He's right. Or he was right. Um, this is a good question by our uh, friend Joe Papel, who bought season tickets because of how excited we got him. Yeah, Joe's great. You know, Joe's great. We love Joe. Are shots on goal a good indicator that we outplayed Buffalo for long stretches? Not really, because you can get caught in a trap where, you know, if you're having quality, I always look at quality of shots, quality yeah. of opportunities. But, you know, again, like, but what are they supposed to do? Like, you're going to shoot the puck. The coach probably said, boys, let's get a ton of shots on goal tonight. You get an opportunity to shoot, don't pass it up. I guarantee you that's what he said. So what are they supposed to do? The problem is it's not about the shot. It's about the traffic after the shot. And the shots are fine. I mean, I can sit out. Anybody can sit there and shoot shots all day long from the blue line, and the goalie's going to stop them. If yeah. there's traffic in front of the net, it makes it a lot harder. That's probably what I'm thinking in terms of where they're at with that. But they shot them. I mean, they really outshot Buffalo more than two to, two, two to one. And um, you know Buffalo still had a lot of the, of the better um, better chances. Sola sixty three says something that that I I firmly believe. Torts probably here uh, until the Flyers are good, a standard thing. I just yeah. Since his hiring, I've just viewed it as he's not going to be the coach when they try to put the gasoline on the fire and accelerate this thing. I think he'll be with the organization. I just three three years, five years from now to still be behind the bench. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not sure about that. Um, here we go. Titan checking in from a cold Salisbury, North Carolina. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, We're waiting for Anthony, but I'll tell you what, Torts has been 
it, incredibly long coming out. This I mean, is, this is this is a long wait. Yeah, this so. is it's never good when the the coach takes forever to come out for the presser. Yeah. Uh, Francis doesn't think that I Hitch was very jolly. Uh, here we go, Ed. I don't know. For as lackluster as Frost has been, did see him on the bench talking to Torts and asking questions about plays. Got to believe he's teaching more than berating. I think that what you are seeing in some way is a slightly, you say, softer John Tortorella. Maybe less of a prickly cactus. Well, I think he knows what he's got. A lot of young guys that are still trying to grow, and he's trying to fill slots for them. But, you know, I mean, he's not going to come out and say, well, we have a Stanley Cup contender and they need to be better. Yeah. So there's got to be some uh, measure of patience. Um, based on the amount of time it's taking him right now, I, I is this is this him having a long talk with the locker room? Is this him letting the leaders lead uh, a locker room discussion? Because you can see, like, what we can see here is that all the media is waiting, which means the locker room is now closed off. Nobody's yucking it up or or asking stuff for stories. So this really is like torts. This is like torts time. Like, I don't. Do I happening? don't necessarily know that he's talking to the team. Um, he could be talking to management. There's a lot of different things that go on after a game. <clears throat> Very rarely does a coach speak to a team after a game. I don't know what torts does. Most coaches, even in a bad, bad loss, it's in a team is in a slide. It'll usually come down to the guys. It's about the fourth or fifth game where you start to hear you know, rumblings like close the door at the end. And it's a team, a players only meeting. Depends what team you have, though. If you have a really veteran team, the coach will stay away from that. But if you have a team where you got a, long, a lot of young guys and they're calling meetings, that may not necessarily work for the coach because he wants to make sure the messaging is right. So, you know, again, he's a guy that wants his message out. Yeah. yeah but there always has to be an internal part of it where um, the team has a, a pretty big bite of it as well because it's ultimately them making the plays on the ice. Um, we had a question here. About are the Flyers carrying three goalies because of the white elephant in the room concerning Hart? I mean, we've talked about this all offseason. There have been no updates on the Hockey Canada investigation. There have been no indications about him being part of it or not being part of it. Um, it is weird that they were carrying three. They sent Sandstrom down, I believe, yesterday for a conditioning stint with the Phantoms. It was weird that they started the season with three. Um, and now if, if Hart is out for an extended period of time, which we have not had confirmed, he went out with a mid-body injury, which we presume is hip or back. Yep. Um, oh, I think you have six. Here we go. Okay. Going to John Tortorella now. I found a way to pass a couple games, get by that number two hole, and get the third one or whatever it may be. How much of it played really well? How much of the the finishing struggles is just it's a long hockey season this happens time to time and how much of it is, is things you guys need to do to, to push it through you know we i think we created over 20 25 scoring chances it, it's what we need to do is just stay with it and uh, i think that's the most important thing is to um, not overthink it just continue to to try to play the right way and i thought for a good portion of the game we did uh, check well Jam, jam the neutral zone. Had a ton of chances, but we just didn't give, give the goal credit. Played a good game. Was you that the other help. night you, you weren't going to stand up here all year and do the moral victory thing? But you've got a group of young players in there who might tend to get a little more frustrated than some veterans. How do you kind of keep that perspective in, in mind for them? Big part of my job right now. That's a big part of my job is how the mindset of the hockey team is handled. And, 
mean, you don't like losing. You don't like being in the loss call. Um, I've got to handle it the right way with them. Uh, we have some things to correct, uh, uh, and we'll do that. But I'm not going to go searching for things wrong with the team when we lose five to two or we lose the other night. That'll show their face plenty of times this year when something's really wrong with the team. Sometimes when you think you're doing okay, you just got to stay with it, and that's a big part of my responsibility right now with some of the players. Because I think this is frustration already. John, you, I know you're still digesting digesting Carter's injury, but if he's out for a while, do you play a different defensive style? No, or more defensive. Or? No. He's had a pretty tough spot for Samuel Harrison. He's had a couple of tough starts, and then he has to come in relief. Part of his job. It's, it, you've, it said, seemed, you've said with, with Sam, you, you really like him, you really like his attitude, but with the uncertainty now with Carter, is there concern about Sam Sharpness thus far this year? Well, he's, he's going to have to get sharp. Uh, I'm not sure what Carter's situation, we'll find out more tomorrow, and, uh, but uh, I do. I, I, Sam has showed us many times that, that he can bounce back. Um, I've listened to him talk to you guys. I think he, I think he self-evaluates very well. That's a really important part uh, of a player, their self-evaluation. I, I think he's very, uh, very strict with that as far as how he feels about himself. I think that'll get him through it. Were there, were there breakdowns in the third period for you guys in terms of defensive coverage? I know two. We, we give up one with the two-on-one. Uh, well, the odd man rush. Excuse me. Uh, we're a little bit deep, a little bit flat with our forecheck. Uh, Yorkie misses the puck along. I, I don't think Yorkie should pinch there. It's just too late of a pinch on the strong side. Uh, and they score. They capitalize. Uh, I think after the after the first period, I think they had seven or eight shots throughout the rest of the game, and they had two or three scoring chances, and they scored. Um, yeah, there were some breakdowns. But there's going to be breakdowns. As I've said to you guys, we, we, we will have some breakdowns in the way we want to play. I like the attitude of how we play. Uh, I, I see a lot of good things in how we're playing. Uh, and how we're playing, the aggressive of our play, we're going to have some breakdowns. And I'm not laying on the goalie, but we're going to need some saves along the way there too. That's just the way we're gonna go about this this year. And uh, I, I believe we'll get there. Shifting to the one. power play, Cam Atkinson kind of expressed some more frustration about you know not as many shot attempts on the power play. Is that an element of the game that you feel like needs to be reevaluated with how the power play is set up? Not, not so much the setup. Uh, I, I think some decision making for sure. Uh, I, I think the decision making needs to be simplified. Uh, not to go back in the, into the old shoot the puck and look for a rebound, but I think there's some shots to be taken. And uh, like I watch Tip, he's slapping it around, and uh, even Bobby Brink. Uh, I think we need to simplify that and just try to generate more to the net. And then I believe things will open up for other plays after that. I just don't think we've gener generated enough pucks to the net. Thanks, sir. Thanks, sir. All right, we're back. So, John Tortorella, very interesting comment there uh, regarding the power play. Boy, it, it sure sounds like what we've been talking about here pregame intermissions and post game for the vast majority of the season that it's not that the power play needs to be reconfigured it's the decision making and the idea that they really do perhaps need to 
Stop overpassing it, overthinking it. Rip some shots, look for a rebound, and get a dirty goal. Shots are the way that you're going to create the chances. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You just got to get it through. And that's where the guys that are in front, the scorers, need to. That's it. I mean, we said it. I mean, there's no tic-tac-toe with this team will work sometimes, but it's not It's not the way you want to play the game. Yeah. And 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 I always say a power play, like, you can you can do a lot with a power play just by keeping things simple. And I think that's the part that this team needs to figure out, and Torts is probably going to try to help them figure that out. I don't think there's any point in us sitting here and, and kind of recycling points that we made during the uh, the intermissions. But I think a lot of the analysis that we put out tonight – Kind of carried through. Um, we have to see how this plays out here the next few days because uh, let me pull up the schedule here. Like we uh, we said, we know that they've got a game coming up here. Well, they got a back to back, so they got at Buffalo home against LA. So you can worry about those two. Yep. They need to go out to Buffalo and play the kind of the way they did, but finish when the opportunity is there. If you can, simplify the game, make it a little bit easier. I like what. Uh, uh, that's Mike. Mike uh, Butts here puts is a really good point here, and he's a follower. I've seen his name up a lot. I actually know Mike a little bit. Uh, play a little bit selfish. You don't always need to make the extra pass. That's true. Lawton at the end to Hathaway. Yep. Shoot the puck. Yep. There's no point doing that. You know, like that's you're giving it to a guy who may not finish. Maybe he does, but if you go in and score, and he's done that before in breakaways, go in there and do that. And I think that's a lot of teams try to pass too much. Yeah. It doesn't suit them. Shoot the puck. So we have a, a very interesting schedule thing that we're going to have to decide. We'll put out on social media to to update people. Flyers are in Buffalo Friday night, which means that typically we would do a morning after show on Saturday. However, the Flyers also play Saturday night here at the Wells Fargo Center with a 7.30 puck drop. So we're going to have to figure this out. We might do post-game on Friday night. We might do morning after Saturday morning for 15 minutes and then get ourselves jazzed up, you know, and yep. ready for the, uh, for the night game. It's a 7.30 game Saturday night, too, really? by the way. Yeah, I don't know why. Seven thirty. Man, I'm sick of 7.30. People, I don't, I'll finish with this. People have no idea the difference between 7.30 and 7 in hockey. It's incredible. Explain. I don't know if it's like that Expl- for the fan. Explain. It, it makes the day feel like it's three hours longer. Mm. Then you have to I, – it is I, – I, we've talked about that for 30 years, guys. See, the difference between 7.30 there used to be games that were all 8 o'clock. Hockey night in Canada, for years they were 8 o'clock starts. Yeah. And then finally someone went back down to 7 and – if they can do six, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, hey, I think it's time to go, pal. Let's do it. I think it's time, pal. So, again, we'll be back morning after show, yep. Saturday morning. It'll be early, but we'll put it up. It'll be on uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. We'll put it up there. We'll put an update on Instagram. So if you follow us over on Instagram, at Goalie, we'll put the link in our uh, Instagram story and on Facebook story. And then we'll come back mere hours later. On Saturday night, we'll be here, Wells Fargo Center, in the unnamed sportsbook. If you come to join us on Saturday night, you go to Section 121. You take the elevator. It's a VIP elevator. Uh, in Section 121, you take it all the way up. You tell me you're going to the sportsbook, and you come and spend some time with us. You watch the game. Take a picture with Bundy, me and Ant, whatever. But uh, it, it's a really nice spot to watch the game. Millions of screens over on this side. The action going on over here. So uh, come out. Find us, join us. We've had people out with us every single home yep. game, which is very flattering and really cool, and we appreciate it. And in the meantime, subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube right now and you haven't hit that like button yet, please do that. Consider subscribing to the channel. Ring the bell so that you get notified whenever we go live. And um, you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora. We take the post-game show on the Press Row Show. We throw that into the podcast feed. So if you can't pull up YouTube uh, one day, you can certainly find the show there. And we also do that with the morning after and with the regular Snow the Goalie show. So for Bundy, find him on Twitter at Cesarian6. For Anthony Sanfilippo, who just came over here with a big smile on his face, at Ant San Philly. I'm Russ at Joy Broad. Thanks for watching, or maybe even listening, to Snow the Goalie, the Press Row Show, the number one rated pregame, intermission, and postgame show, so they say. We'll talk to you all. Good night, very, everybody. Very, very